got your Bibles, please go to John chapter uh, 13, John chapter 13, and we're going to start, uh, we're going to start in verse uh, 4, we're going to start in verse 4, maybe you've heard this before, um, but I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about today. So this is, this is Jesus, listen to this, so he got up, Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then the Lord, then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Okay, Jesus answered, those who have uh, had a bath, since <laughs> Bible so, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. The whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not everyone of you. For he knew, Jesus knew, uh, who was going to betray him, right, Judas? And um, that's uh, why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. All right? So that's the, uh, that's the verse uh, for today, and if you don't remember, we're on a series that uh, is called Vision Sundays, and we're talking about the direction of our church, we're talking about the vision of our church, and we're talking about the core values of our church, the things that are important to us, the things that move everything that we do as a church. We started the first Sunday with Jesus is our pursuit. Next Sunday was, uh, the, the Sunday after that was hope is our flag, then it was people are our passion, worship is our spirit, and today... We're going to talk about service is our heartbeat. Sound good? Yes. So, have you ever had a trouble wrapping your mind around something? Like, you're like, I don't know how this works. Like, for me, it's always been technology. Like, I'm a child of the 80s, and a remote control for me was a VHS. Do you guys remember the VHSs? I had a really old one, a really heavy one that, that opened up like this. And you put the VHS inside, and it had a remote control. But the remote control that that VHS had, had a wire. And so you'd be like in bed, and there was this wire that went to the VHS. And honestly, I can wrap my mind around that. Because you've got the remote control, and you've got a wire that goes to the device, and you push something there that makes something happen here. The moment you take the wire out, it's magic. Like, I don't, I seriously, like, like, there's air between the remote control and this device, and you can try to explain whatever you want that happens here, and to me, this is just, like, I don't, I can't wrap my mind around it, okay? Anyone else? Like, maybe you can explain it, but I'm like, that's just gibberish to me. It's magic. I can't understand how a 747 can be up in the air, that's uh, 220 tons of metal floating in the air, moving, like, I don't understand how that's possible. Sorry. There's other things that are, that seem to be hard to wrap your mind around. I don't know if this is actually true or not, but they talk about bees. Like, there's, like, the laws of aerodynamics don't apply to bees somehow because their wings are too small and their body is too big. Like, I don't understand that. Are there things in your life that you have trouble 
wrapping your mind around. You see, there are things that not just confuse us in the laws of physics, but also in relationships. Like, we don't understand sometimes, like, why, why is he dating her? Like, why did they say that? Why did she react that way? Why did he invest in this thing? Like, it's like, I don't understand how, what, what the thought process was in that. And so the disciples had to deal with that a lot with Jesus. Jesus did a lot of things that the disciples just couldn't wrap their, their minds around. And even as we read the scriptures, we have a hard time sometimes understanding exactly why Jesus did what he did. Why would Jesus wait three days to raise Lazarus? Why would he spend time with sinners and not give Pharisees the time of day? Why did he choose a tax collector as a disciple? Why did he decide that his first miracle or his first sign was going to be to turn water into wine? Like, why would he choose also to reveal himself first when he came into the world to pagan astrologists and shepherds? Like, Jesus would constantly do things that people were like, wait, what? Why would he do that? So my question to you this morning is, has Jesus ever done something in your life that you have a hard time wrapping your mind around? Like, why? How does that make any sense? You ever been there before? Yes? And so we're actually in good company because, because this scripture that we just read was one of those moments in the life of Jesus. It was this, this moment as they were, they were preparing to celebrate the Passover, right? They were celebrating the, the Passover, which is this a Jewish um, holiday in which they would remember when the angel of death would pass over uh, the Jewish community and save them from the final uh, the final plague. So everything was ready. They were ready to celebrate. They were going to sit around. They were going to have a good time. Everything was ready. They were going to have food, relax, sit down, be served, you know, eat and drink, have a good time. Everything was ready. And Jesus then, in that moment, begins to do something that it was like, wait, wait, what? What is it that Jesus starts, starts to do? He starts washing their feet. And so I don't know, when was the last time you washed someone else's feet? Like, my last, like my, my kids when they were babies, right? Like, my wife wouldn't even come close to my feet, you know? But it's like, when, like it's not a common thing for us. We don't, we don't, like, I wash my feet in the shower, and my feet are usually pretty clean. I wear socks and shoes. It's like, it's not really a thing that we, that we do. It's not very common in our, in our culture, but we have to understand that the, the washing of feet was actually, especially back then, it was, it was a pretty dirty job. People wore sandals. They would walk for miles. There was dust. There was dirt. There was mud. There was camel poop, right, on the person's feet. And, and this, this tradition wasn't just about cleanliness, but it was a tradition that you would come into someone's house and it was an act of, of kindness. It was an act of friendship. It was an act of welcoming. It was hospitality. It was, you're saying I'm glad you're here. You were, you, were, you were serving the other person. It was something people would, would do for one another. It was, it was saying, you and I, we're, we're at peace. We're, we're good. And it was taken as an insult if someone would come in and you wouldn't wash the person's feet. The other thing that's important about the washing of feet is that this was not a task for the head of a household. This was a task for, for women, because women were seen as second class citizens back then, it's a cultural thing that we, of course, disagree with. Children would do it. Servants would do it. This was certainly not a job for, for a rabbi. However, Jesus, once again, surprises everyone with this. 
And you see, what Jesus was doing was, was so outrageous that it is hard for us to find a cultural parallel because it's hard for us to understand. And so, so I thought of something that would be kind of maybe as outrageous. And just picture this. Picture the president of the United States. He's having dinner with his, with his staff, and everyone's serving them, you know, you know, bringing the entrees and serving the water and asking if they need any help. And then, you know, imagine they're being served and they're, they're you know, eating and having, you know, conversations, important conversations, and they're all being served. And, and the president stands up and takes his jacket off and, and puts an apron on and starts serving everybody, starts refilling people's water. This would be an awkward moment. This would be something to where they would be like, wait, what, is, he, is he doing what I think he's doing? He's serving everybody? How would people react? How would his staff react? Probably most of them would be speechless, right? They would be, maybe some of them would refuse, others would, would ask him to stop. Like, no, 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 you can't, you can't, like, you're the president. You can't be doing these things. Maybe some people would think that he was joking, like it was just some sort of a, a joke. See, in a way, and this is not a perfect parallel, but in a way, this is how outrageous it was for the disciples to have Jesus washing their feet. So let's try to imagine how, how they felt when this just started. Verse uh, 4 says, so he got up from the meal. This is Jesus, got up from the meal, took out his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin. And the disciples were like, wait a minute, he's not doing what I think he's doing. He's going to wash our feet? Try to imagine the, the, the silence. Try to imagine their, their reaction. Like, we've never seen this before. What, how does this make any sense, what he's doing? So the disciples were speechless until it comes to Peter, right? Because Peter was never speechless. He always had something that he wanted to add. Verse 6 and 7 and 8 says this, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. So Peter was probably saying what everyone else was thinking. Here's the logic of Peter. Peter thought, listen to this, Peter thought that he was honoring Jesus by rejecting his service. Peter thought that by rejecting the service of Jesus, he was actually honoring him. He was telling Jesus, this is humiliating for you. This is no job for a king. This is beneath you, Jesus. No rabbi should ever have to wash anyone's feet. You're the Messiah. You are Lord. You are our teacher. Everyone else should be serving you. You shouldn't be the one serving. This is backwards. Don't you understand? You see, Peter's logic, and maybe yours and mine as well, was this. If I allow Jesus to wash my feet, I'm dishonoring Jesus. But what Jesus was saying, and the point that Jesus was trying to make, is that if you don't let me wash your feet, then you will have no part with me. So, so there was something that needed to happen as a result of the disciples allowing Jesus to wash their feet that would allow for them or would determine whether or not they would be a part of Jesus or they would not be a part of Jesus. There's something very important about this. There's something very, very interesting. And it's what I want us to learn today. And this is true for you and for me. That's why later he says, now that you, Jesus is talking 
to the disciples, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. So it's like the, the president saying, you know, I've served everyone here, right? Okay, so from now on, this is how I want you to help me lead this country. Jesus is telling his disciples, now that I have washed your feet and I have served you, this is how I want you to lead the church. And for you and me, that we've seen Jesus wash the feet, and this is how we are called to live our lives. He's telling us, this is how I want you to live. And it's common knowledge, and it's strange for us to, to process this, I understand, because, because it seems strange to see this. And the logic tells us that Jesus washing feet is like beneath him, like he shouldn't have to bow down and do this for sinners and for people that, that aren't at his level. But we see Jesus doing this over and over again. I mean, throughout the whole scripture, we see Jesus doing this. We see, we see Jesus honoring women. We see Jesus telling the children, come to me. We see Jesus hanging out with slaves, touching lepers, honoring the poor, honoring tax collectors, prostitutes, people from other, other cultures and other races. This whole idea of there's this person here and then down here and this person's kind of in the middle and this person's all the way down. He's like, he didn't see any of that. He didn't see any of that. He's, we would do that over and over and over again. It's the whole idea of, of, of hierarchy and classes have no place in the kingdom of God. Um, I've said this before, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, so what Jesus is doing, and he, and he does it over and over again, he's, he's breaking all these preconceived notions of status, what status means, which is a huge deal in society today. We see status everywhere. We, we, we size up people the moment we see them. It's, a, it's sort of like almost like a natural thing. Where do they fall on this proverbial scale that is really different for everybody, everybody else? Have you ever felt second class? Have you ever been on a plane and you're, you're going you're to get on coach, right? And so who do they call first? First class. And I don't know what the goal is. I don't know if the, it's, the goal is to make the first class people feel great or to, or to make the people in coach feel terrible. Because they'll call them first. You know, the, the gold star, five, I mean, hey, if you travel first class, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you this is how we feel, okay? <laughs> so, so five star, the whole thing, you know, and you're sitting there and you're waiting for your turn, right? And, and honestly, I don't know if they could change this, but I think they want you to feel like, because they make you walk through the front. So you have to walk through first class. So you have to walk through and have that feeling like, dude, maybe if I would have worked a little harder... I could be sitting in one of these chairs. Like, they want you to feel that, right? But the point is that we see, we see class and hierarchy everywhere that we, that we look. It keeps the economy moving. And the same was true in Jesus' time. The elites, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the lawyers, the scribes, the rich people, the, the high society. And the disciples would fall into the same pattern as well. Jesus had to remind them. The disciples would say, hey, who's going to be the greatest? right? Or, or, or who, who's going to be at your right hand and at your left hand? And as a church, we can fall into the same thing as well. We can be like, where, do they, where does these people stand in the hierarchy of the church, right? 
So we have to be very careful with this because Jesus is constantly breaking down this paradigm. He says this over and over again. He says, first will be last. You have to die in order to live. You give to receive. You turn the other cheek. Let the children come to me. And then Paul says, there's no, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no slave, there's no free, there's no man, there's no woman. We have to remember this. So, so what is the, the point that Jesus is trying to make here with the washing of the feet? He's, he's saying that hierarchies and classes have no place in the kingdom of God. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. The social construct that we see is an illusion. It doesn't hold water in the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, let me show you how to lead. Let me, let me show you how to lead. When you're the most, like when you're the, 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 per, the, the person who everyone sees as the most powerful, powerful person in the room, you know what you do when you're perceived as the most powerful person in the room? What do you do? You humble yourself and you wash the other person's feet. That's a tall order, if you ask me. That is a hard thing to do. Verse 14 says, Now that I, your Lord, Lord and teacher, creator of everything, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. The disciples are called to do the same. We're called to do the same. A couple of Sundays ago, I talked about, we talked about people are our passion, and we, we talked about, about how you can't really love God. You can say you love God, but you can't truly love God unless you love others. In other words, tell me how much you love your, your neighbor, and I will tell you how, you how much you actually love, love God. And so this whole idea of, of serving is almost like we're unpacking what it means to, to love one another. Um... So there's these two pillars, Matthew 22, love God and love people, right? So it's this whole idea of these, the everything, everything rises and falls on these two ideas. This is, the, the, this is the greatest commandment, are these two pillars of love God and, and love others. And he's teaching us what it means to love others, because we need to love God, but we can't love God if we don't love others. But what does it actually mean to love others well, how do, you, how do you love others? Oh, I love you so much. I love you. No, no, no. How do you love one another? You serve them. That's, that's the evidence of your actual love for one another, hence your love for, for God. Do you love God? How do you love God? You love God by loving others. You can't love God if you don't love people. You can't love people if you don't serve them. And you can't serve them properly. Listen to this. You can't serve them properly if you are under the illusion of hierarchy or of classes. You can't serve them properly because you will serve them with the wrong spirit. You see, I want to I talk to you here a little bit in the few minutes that I have left. I want to I talk to you about the difference between serving up and serving down. They're different. I want to talk to you about the difference between serving up and serving, and serving down. Paul says it like this in Philippians 2, 3. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambi ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. You see, there's a difference between serving up and serving down. Serving down is, is, is based on the assumption that you're better than someone else. So here's... What serving down looks like. Here, here's, here's some money. Here's, here's, here's some time. Here's, a, here's some food. Here's some, some advice. Here's, here's a Bible verse that may, may help you. 
You assume that you're above the person you are serving when you see yourself. And when you do that, you're actually serving yourself. You're doing that because it makes you feel better about yourself. Like, oh, I just helped someone, right? That's, that's serving down. But Jesus flips the script. That's what's so important, what Jesus is doing at that moment. What he's doing when he is washing the disciples' feet. He flips the, the script. He gets down and allows for the person. So he's getting down on his knees. And he, he's allowing for the, the person that he's serving to be above him. And so he's looking up at the person that he's serving and then the person that he's serving is looking down at him. And this is such a powerful image because what, it, what, it, what it's saying is that you are actually seeing the person that you're serving as above you. You see, Matthew 25 talks about this whole idea of, of, of how do we serve God. And he talks about, he says, he says, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. He says, I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was, in the, I was in prison and you went to see me. And they're like, wait a minute, we never did that. When have you ever been in prison? Like, when have you ever not had any clothes? When have you never had any food? He says, every time that you did this for the least of these, you did it for me. And so here's, here's the whole idea, and I hope I can, I can explain it right. When you're serving, when you're serving down, you're assuming that you're above the person that you're serving. But when you're serving up, you're realizing that the person that you're serving is Jesus. When you're serving them, that's Jesus. When you're, when you're, when you're giving to someone that needs, that's Jesus that you're giving to. When you, when you visit someone that needs to be visited, that, that's Jesus that you're visiting. When you're, when you're helping someone, that's Jesus that you're helping. That is the way that you serve one another. And the reason why you serve up and you're down on your knees and you're serving up is because you are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what it is. That's what... Serving is actually, that's what the heart of it is. And that's why Jesus did what he did. Matthew 20, 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is how we're called to, to proceed. That's why Jesus ends this feet washing by saying, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. We are to wash the proverbial feet of one another. You may say, but he didn't wash my feet. I'm not going to wash that guy's feet. He's never washed anyone's feet. Well, let me just tell you this. This is, a, this is a, for another message. But Jesus washed the feet of Judas, by the way. So that's just something to think about. Um, so here's the temptation that I, that I always have when I'm preaching, is to do this. Now go out and serve. Now go and serve. Now go out here and just start serving everybody. But that's not the message here. I don't want you to go away from this message with a to-do list. I never want you to go away from church with a, with a to-do list. Now you got to do better. you got to try harder. I don't want you to go away that way. But I want you to remember what Jesus says here. It says, unless I, Jesus, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. Why is that so important today? Because Peter wanted to get busy. He wanted to go, let's just figure this thing out and let's get busy, let's do things. Jesus is saying, stop. If you don't let me wash your feet, you will have no part with me. So the question for you today, this morning, is this. How long has it been since you have 
allowed for Jesus to wash your feet. You see, we have to start there. Because if we don't start there, then we can have no part with Jesus. And the reason why that's important is because we have to first understand what Jesus did for us in order for us to be able to serve the way Jesus calls us to serve. We're not serving down, we're serving up. We have to understand that first, but first we have to allow for Jesus to serve us. And I know that's awkward, and it's supposed to be awkward. It's supposed to feel strange. It's felt strange for the disciples too. So here's my question to you. I want, not a question, it's, it's I, want, I want you to, this morning, to allow Jesus to wash you, for the forgiveness to cleanse you, for hope, the hope of Jesus to wash your pain away, for you to submerge yourself in the peace that only Jesus offers, for you to let the, the love of Jesus to remove every stain, for, for, for the condemnation to, to, to run off of you like water, even though you feel like you should be condemned. Let the stream of grace wash away all of your guilt. That's where we start. That's where we start. Unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. And so this is the first part of the invitation. It's this. Let Jesus wash your feet. Take a break. Don't get so busy yet. Let Jesus wash your feet. Let him serve you. So I'm going to end with this. Um, actually, we're going, to, we're going to pray here. Let's just pray. I'm going to ask if you guys could just close your eyes here for a minute. And I'm going to say a few things, and then we're going to, we're going to pray. So maybe, maybe you're here and you've been thinking about what it means to serve. And the thing that comes to your mind is, doing things. And I understand that. But I want to ask that you take a break. And we have, we have 11 opportunities here at Church to Serve. And I was actually going to give you guys an opportunity to sign up and all that, but I just doesn't feel right yet. We'll do that soon. Let yourself be served by Jesus. And it sounds so strange, and it sounds so awkward. But let the sacrifice of Christ and his forgiveness, his grace, his love, his joy, let it embrace you. Just let that happen. Maybe you're here, you don't feel worthy. Maybe you're here and you feel like you've just messed up and you've have this pattern of sin and you feel like you don't deserve it and it's true, you don't. Neither do I, nobody does. That's why it's awkward. But allow for Jesus to wash your feet. Forgiveness and grace and joy and hope, let that in. So Lord God, we, uh, we thank you for your love and your mercy and we present this message to you and I pray that you will do your work. Holy Spirit will do his work in each one of our hearts. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.